0: hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the brazilian point of view my name is anna and to kickstart the year i decided to come with another episode from the another episode another country series with Poland so for this one I brought Paulina to speak a little bit about her country her culture and I really like this episode because it's quite it's quite rich in history and geopolitics but we also talk about culture food tips to travel to Poland and it's a very very rich episode it's also I think a little bit longer considering the past few episodes of countries that I've done um quite recently like recent months and weeks but it's a very very rich episode and i love it so much it's such a shame though that i was so 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 sick when i recorded this so i have like a really stuffed voice and it annoyed me quite a bit when i was editing the episode so i apologize for that nevertheless i really hope that you enjoyed this episode but before we get to that please make sure to follow subscribe and review this podcast on apple podcast and spotify and follow the podcast on instagram at the brazilian pov podcast and now without further ado let's get to the episode thank you so much for coming to the podcast
1: it's my pleasure
0: so i guess first of all do you want to introduce yourself
1: um, yes yeah, sure uh my name is paulina Ruvne. i am from poland i live in edinburgh in, so- in scotland and I have moved here five years ago um I I worked I used to work for a data consultancy until June this year. and this year I um, chose to embark on an entrepreneurial journey and right now I'm building two businesses. One is um a, a coaching and healing practice around burnout and energy reclamation and another I co-founded with two of my, um friends um that's called inclusive systems and within which we are working on the proposition that um uh, we hope will reinvent the way uh, employee experience is shaped
0: amazing so <laughs> i guess the first question that i always ask my guests how would you say that life is in poland in real life versus what people might think it's like
1: I mean, if you're asking about stereotypes, I think the the main stereotype of Central and Eastern Europe is general, is around alcohol and vodka specifically. I, um, many people are really, uh, seem to be really um, surprised that I don't drink alcohol and specifically, I, surely I don't drink vodka and uh, the sort of they feel as though vodka is similar to what whiskey for example is in Scotland so how can I be from there and not drink um and I also uh, and I also think that in general uh, right now modern Poland is much more um um sober. <laughs> than it used to be and um and it's just you know like any other european country Um, so i I guess this would be one stereotype that i uh, come across um sometimes um oh and another stereotype uh, that's um that's actually pretty recently changed uh is that poland is really cheap as in, you know, the difference between when you go from the UK to Poland, everything uh, seems much cheaper. And it used to be like that for many, many years. Um, But right now, Poland, actually, the prices in Poland have increased a lot, there is um, substantial uh, inflation there. So when you go to Poland, um, expect that it's still going to be a bit cheaper, but the prices have definitely increased. And I would say they are similar to other European countries. Um, so that's a bit of a, a change uh, in the perception versus reality. And
0: what are some key culture aspects and some big foods that you have in Poland
1: um so I'm I'm I haven't been brought up on typically Polish food even though um most of my um ancestors are uh, come from rural parts of Poland so um you know in rural parts where you're really close to nature and you um you spend a lot of time um you know, with animals, uh, and, um, and you're much closer to the source of your food. Um, I would say in, in rural areas, it's mostly meat and the, you know, the, the fruits of the earth. Um, so anything you can farm or, um, grow, um, but a lot of, for sure, a lot of meat. Um, and in terms of my uh, my family, I, um, I was mainly exposed to French and Italian cuisine, strangely, so a lot of carbs. And um, whenever people would come to visit Warsaw, where I'm from, um, and ask me about the food, um, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't an expert on it, but I think that the, the, the things from, from, uh, our, um, uh, traditional menu that I re- like particularly are dumplings, which we call pierogi. And you can find dumplings, um, in any city in Poland, really, or any, um, smaller town. Um, and they, ha- they can be, uh, savory, you know, um. Russian pierogies as we call them are with are the most popular ones with potato and um, um, onion and cottage cheese Um, but there are also um, my favorite ones which are blueberry dumplings which are sweet and I remember my uh, grandmother um, making them for us and for me and my sister when we were in our um uh, in our um, small allotment, um, uh, close to uh, on the suburb in the suburbs of Warsaw. Um, so those are the ones that I really love. Um, there are also um, culturally, I would say, you know, we have folk music, and uh, as as any other country. Uh, but I think what's what's culturally really important is how history and our specific uh, geopolitics um, shaped our culture and our um, identity um, in in Europe, because we, as probably most of the audience knows, um, Poland is. Um, um, neighboring on, on in the east with Russia and in the West with um Germany. So that created a lot of um, um drama uh, throughout throughout the centuries. and uh, starting with um the fact that in at at the end of eighteenth century Poland, disappeared from uh, the map of Europe for 123 years to come back as a result after the the first world War um And then uh, it uh, it was um it was back on the map for and it was independent for until, the second world war and then in during the second world war it has been invaded first by by um uh, the nazi germany and then by soviet russia and it was really parcelled between uh, those two countries um so that made it you know so again uh, practically um in theory there was still poland but practically it was has been um parcel between those two big totalitarian systems, um, so that really um, solidified, I would say, the identity of Polish people in general and their resilience and their um, determination in whatever it is, in whatever they uh, or we do, um, because it has never been that simple to be a Pole.
0: Yeah like I think obviously like you said most people know that Poland has such a big historical value like World War II and everything else. Um, what is that impact on today's life and we talked a bit before the episode and everything you said that there's a new government in Poland so is that one impact as well?
1: Um, so, oh, thank, I'm so uh, glad you asked about it because, um, yeah, it hasn't been easy with this democracy that uh, we again regained after years of communist uh, government um, from 1945 until 1989, and since then it's been it's been a, a, a patchy uh, road, and. Um, and some you know with different governments with different challenges with different economic uh contexts but for the last eight years we had a populist government in poland that was um that had really strong russian influences not openly but um but um you know a lot of um a lot of investigative journalists um wrote books about how um how Russia is funding this specific political party and so um so that has been really um, painful to watch especially for for people who are closer to this open tolerant diverse um, vision of our country that, um that has been cultivated throughout uh, centuries nonetheless you know uh, regardless of all all the the challenges that we faced there was there is always there remains a big part in our identity of these people of the people who are really open and um welcoming and um friendly um so so seeing those eight years um you know, um, creating a lot of harm, uh, using a lot of um, language of hate and division, and uh, also making a lot of bad decisions in terms of, um, you know, uh, that influence our economy. Uh, economy um, was just was just painful for for I think many of of the people, and um, I, I'm surely it was painful for me. And also this was partly the reason why I left, uh, five years ago, because I just couldn't take it. And I, um, and I always supported my country as much as I could with voting and, and, um, you know, supporting, uh, supporting it, um, as, as, as much as I could. Uh, and this, uh, this year we had elections on 15th of october and me and my sister happened to be there as well and it was a big um a big celebration of democracy or uh, the um, the turnout was over 70% which was not something that happened um apart from in 1989 so um so it was it was really really big and um, the, the opposition became now the coalition. And even though those are three different parties, so um, coalition is not an easy feat either. Um, we, I, th- I think, we collectively are feel such a relief from this division, the language of division, the language of... Um, always looking for some uh, external or internal enemy of not being accepting of other people's choices especially women's choices in terms of you know abortion or um sexual minorities uh, all these different people who also need a place uh, and need space in any community um, they weren't really treated very warmly and uh, weren't supported uh, for the last eight years. Um so this so this change really um I think energized our country a lot. And even looking at the um, um the YouTube channel of Polish Parliament, it's already over uh, it has already over six hundred um, thousand subscribers uh that a number really uh, uh increased just recently when the new and uh, when the new politicians um joined and are um the head of our par- parliament um is actually it's a funny story he used to be um he used to be a co-host of poland Got talent so he is really good in terms of, you know, um, those, um, you know, how to manage the crowd, how to make something funny and how to respond to people uh, in a way that is very disarming, but is effective. So it became a bit of a show, but in a good way, you know, he really is trying to bring uh, bring back the respect for everyone and, uh, and some really, um, basic, um, rules around decency and, and, and tolerance, uh, back into the parliament, which is, uh, really positive and helpful.
0: Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. Moving to Edinburgh was not an easy decision and it required a lot of mental and emotional preparation and nothing could have prepared me better than going to therapy. I've been in therapy for the past seven years now, and I cannot recommend it enough for those who think about starting this journey. I know sometimes it might be hard to find a good therapist that will match you, so that's why I recommend BetterHelp as your next therapy source. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and it's 100% online. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 25,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. With BetterHelp, you can get the same professionalism and quality you expect from in-office therapy. But with a therapist who is custom-picked for you, more scheduling flexibility, and at a more affordable price. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash the Brazilian POV. That's BetterEHLP.com slash the Brazilian (laughs) POV. And something else that you mentioned when we talked before was that there are many cultural differences throughout Poland. How does that work? And do you think that, that this has an impact in Polish politics?
1: Um, For sure. Uh, for sure. Because um, as I mentioned, um, throughout the years, we have been... Um, Divided in many different ways as Poland, and our um and our frontiers were moved as well. So um we were much more uh, oriented towards east um compared to what we are now, um. And so there is a very general comp- um division. Uh, we call uh, Poland A and Poland B. Poland B is the uh, the eastern part of Poland, and Poland A is the western part of Poland because it used to be under the German, uh, the Prussian and Austrian um, Empire occupation um, before uh, before the First World War, and then uh, the P- Poland B part is mostly um, what the the part that has been under Russian Empire. So, this Poland B is the is the part is part of Poland that is less underdeveloped, underfinanced, and also people are a bit less, um, let's say, um, proactive in um, in their lives. That's the general stereotype and I don't want to be perpetrating it because right now, you know, with people going in and out, uh, you know, living, living in different countries and, um, uh, and just the flow of, of capital and the flow of people is just so much more, um, dynamic right now. I don't think it is the case that, you know, that much, uh, anymore, Yet still, when we look at uh, elections, the the results of uh, elections, you can see that towards the uh, towards west, you know, western part of the country will be uh, supporting less populist, more um, uh, more uh, moderate, more centrist, and pro-European um, political parties, whereas in the east there is more appetite for populists and for for easy promises that may never be met, but people just are a bit more naive, maybe.
0: Yeah, I think that's quite interesting because Poland is obviously not a huge country or anything, but it's very separated and it's just very, it's divided in a way that kind of history set it up. And it still has like impact and everything like so many decades later.
1: Yes, that's true. I mean, I think in terms of Poland not being a, a a big country, I think you know you're coming from uh, Brazil, so yeah. Brazil. <laughs> i can i can agree that poland is not a big country but in terms of you know the the other european in europe in general i would say poland is quite a substantial country um uh, so it's with I, I i don't know how many um, inhabitants we have right now is it 38 or 38 to 40 million people so i would say for europe uh, for europe's standards uh, it's a pretty sizable country and also the reason why it was so difficult to be witnessing this la- these last 8 years was that before we had a very good position within european union and we were an important um, partner for other european countries to you know make important decisions and also use the use the, the european uh, budget um whereas in the last eight years, it has been a bit of a struggle because nobody, you know, treated us very seriously because our government wasn't serious and wasn't very truthful. So, um, so right now, uh, you know, the, this shift is is really uh, is really positive. Um, and also, I would say that compared to the UK the difference is because in in the UK there, there are so many different accents so depending on where you come from in the UK you have you can you know it's a very specific accent when you talk to, uh, with someone from Manchester for example and it will be a very different accent than from, with someone from Glasgow or um Liverpool you know uh, sometimes when i'm exposed to this new accent i immediately ask oh wh- where are they from because i could barely understand them. And in Poland, I think it's less about the language because um, we all speak the same language, maybe apart from the the the, the southern part, um, where um uh, Silesia country um um within within Poland they have their own language that is a mixture of Polish and German, which is really, um, uh, which I find very amusing, but um, it, it it's a it's an actual uh, language. Um, so this is, I think, the only <laughs> separate language from Polish, and all the other uh, parts of uh, parts of Poland will have different regions will have different, I guess specific regional words or maybe some some specific regional uh cuisine or um or maybe a bit of a different way of pronunciation of certain words um different accents um as in they they accentuate differently but it doesn't make it difficult i mean it's just you, you can you can hear the difference, but it doesn't make it, make it um, incomprehensible for you. So those so those changes, I think, are you know those changes um, across the country are not that um, um, major. I would say. Mm-hmm. And what are some
0: tips that you have for people who want to travel to Poland? as in like maybe something that they should know beforehand what should they see places to visit
1: um so it depends what you are looking for um something that i uh, discovered not long ago uh you know and i've lived there most of my life is the beautiful northern coast that's um um that's oriented around the Tri-City, which is a, a, a series of three different cities um, located really close to one another. So you can fly to Gdańsk. And then there is Sopot and there is Gdynia. And I specifically love Gdynia, so the last uh, last of those uh, cities. That <laughs> Gdynia, so Gdańsk is a very, um, um, an old old um city with a very rich culture of being an independent uh city in the past um and always being you know um between um living between Poland and Germany and maybe changing hands sometimes um that's why you know it's it's I guess it created this strong identity as its own city because it was um it was uh, going back and forth uh, forth a bit. And, and Kenya actually was created in the um, in the time between the wars, um, I think around in the in the 30s, in the 1930s. And it was this um, it's this city of dreams and uh, visions of you know new and modern Poland and there is a port there. And it was this this place that was supposed to be open for for the world and to be this place of the dreams of of new and independent Poland coming true. So when you go there, you can definitely feel this in the air. It's a very different vibe than other um, Polish cities. And... And what I love about it most is that it has a beautiful wild coast, um, and you can take a um, you know you can hike or you can take a walk from the coast uh, in Gdynia all the way, all the way to Sopot, and um, it's such a beautiful it's such a beautiful walk um, apart from from the the coast. There is Krakow that many people already have visited, and it's this beautiful, very historical um, city, very rich in stories and uh, of different, you know, uh, kings and queens, and um, it's been the Polish capital until I think seventeenth century, when one of our kings moved the capital to Warsaw, which. Krakow people that live in krakow are still very unhappy about um and yes so uh so krakow is always this this um place where you want if you want to go sightseeing and see the the history um the historical um uh side of poland i think krakow would be where i would recommend to go. And there is also this big Jewish quarter that is, um, that is actually in a pretty good state and there are specific tours um, that around uh, Jewish Krakow, which uh, I would recommend as well because that's a very important part of Polish, Jewish-Polish uh, history. Um, I would just like to remind everyone that before the Second World War, um, number of Jewish inhabitants in Poland uh, was around three millions, which was um, the highest number in in Europe, and only in the United States there were m- more um, Jewish people than in Poland. So uh, we had a big, big Jewish community, and right now this world uh, mostly is gone, um, unfortunately. So, um, so this, uh, so this city still um, gives us a sneak peek into how, uh, Poland used to be. And then there is Warsaw, which is the most, uh, which is the capital and is the most, I guess, um, modern, uh, of the cities. Uh, it has a very, um, particular history because it has been completely, completely destroyed in the second world war. Um, there were two different uprisings in Warsaw. In 1943, there was uh, a Warsaw ghetto uprising. And then in um, August uh, of 1944, there was the Warsaw uprising. So as a result of of the latter, um, well, most of the city has been completely destroyed. Um and only the other part, the other part of the city on the other part of, on the other side of the river, which we called Praga. Not to um not to um confuse with the capital of Czech Republic. Um but it's the same name. <laughs> uh, so on the other side of the um of the river, um there there is more um there is more building, there are more buildings from, you know, that, that weren't destroyed because the heart of Warsaw was on the left on the left side of uh of the river. Um I mean I'm always confusing it. I, I don't know because we um well anyway, uh, the, the 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 site of you know where the 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 city center is and where um the uh you know the, the the heart of the of the city was there so um so that part is was completely um demolished and everything that you see right now when you go when you go and visit warsaw is really rebuilt and it's it's been rebuilt in the communist area so it's a very specific kind of architecture um Yet it's very it's very modern and very vibrant, and it also has a lot of to offer, especially during um, the summer time, when we have a lot of bars and um, and mm, yeah and dancing places, um, um, some clubs um, um, arranged on on either side of the river. Uh, which is, you know, which is where you can find almost everyone uh, when it's warm. And uh, so this is, so this is, this is very, very um, um, something that, an experience that I would recommend to everyone who comes to Warsaw during summer months.
0: And something that I've noticed moving to Edinburgh is that there's a big Polish community here. I don't know about Scotland specifically, but Edinburgh I've noticed that. So why did you come to Scotland?
1: Yes, there is there is a Polish community uh here and um but I feel like there is a big Polish community in many countries. Um there is a big Polish community in Norway, in the UK my uh, my reasons for uh, for coming to uh, Scotland are pretty particular. as I said, mm, big part of it was just the politics, and I'm a highly sensitive person, and I also also care about things a bit too much uh, in general. Um, so I just couldn't couldn't take it anymore. But on a more practical level, um, I have been been working at Accenture in Warsaw in a capability network that allowed me to support different projects throughout Europe. And I have been been working in London uh, for, I think, around 10 months, and one of the weekends when i stayed in the you know in london i went for um to to visit um edinburgh and i just completely fell in love with um uh, with this city um i have been i had been to edinburgh once before but it wasn't as positive i didn't really bring back this amazing experience that I did um that uh, that happened to me uh, you know the, the the second time around it was just so beautiful and it was one of the these perfect Edinburgh um, weekends when I met a lot of great people and we went hiking and it was just beautiful and then towards the end of the project that I have been, a leading in in london um my uh my manager my project lead asked me whether i would like to her to uh, recommend me for another project uk-based project and i said yes and she uh, asked around and uh, she said well there is this project that is based in edinburgh would you consider joining that one because they would need someone like you and i said I didn't even know that that was an option, but when the the moment she said it and I just came back from Edinburgh, I was like, yes, please, I want to do it and I want to go there. And um, so we had a conversation and unfortunately, um, so so they said yes, I said yes, but there was some uh, bureaucracy internal uh, to Accenture and my boss's boss uh, needed me on his project in Warsaw so he didn't let me go to the project that I wanted to go and so I had to join his project but I did feel very humiliated about it and I didn't want to be there and when I joined it I realized that there were many other people feeling exactly the same way and being recruited to this project in a, in a similar manner as I was and so, um, and so, I think towards the end of the project, um, three or four people out of maybe seven left uh, Accenture, and I, uh, yeah, I was looking for another job in Edinburgh specifically. I didn't want to live in London, and um, and I found another job. I uh, that was based in uh, in Edinburgh. It was Mudano. And this is where I, um, this is this is the reason why I moved there. Uh, I moved here to Edinburgh five years ago, to start my new, my new my new story, my new journey here, um, in Scotland. And um, it it always reminds me the story. Um, right now I'm really grateful to this boss's boss that. Uh, made me really angry and, um, helped me to, to clarify, you know, my desire, uh, by not giving me what I really wanted. Um, that's, that really, um, helped me to move on in my life in a, in a more empowered way. Um, so it's just, it. I find it funny that sometimes those stories where, um, where you are really suffering and you're you feel the pain of um not not being able to do what you want to do really solidifies your your um your journey in life um and finally
0: every week we give a recommendation of a book a movie or a tv show what recommendation do you have for our listeners this week and why
1: so for this week, I have a recommendation of a movie, Polish movie that I have seen recently. Um, it's called Forgotten Love. It's um and interestingly, it's a love story, but it's not a love story in a very in a um uh, conventional um uh, terms, I guess, um, because it's a story of um, a father and daughter, and, um, and it's a, it's a story around, um, finding, finding, uh, each other in a world that doesn't necessarily encourages them to, to find each other, and, um, I found this film to be really, um, really good, I, I found it quite um, surprising in a way that it wasn't necessarily about, you know, uh, I mean, there were lo- different love stories as well. So, you know, those conventional love stories, but the main arc, the main uh, plot was around uh, this, um, this relationship between um, father and daughter, which I really loved. And um, I think this is not the first um, movie that has been um, that has been based on the book. Um, but I would definitely, if, if anyone wants to see a modern Polish movie that that is um, and that is not extremely sad because um, Polish movies usually are pretty sad uh then i would definitely uh recommend this one and i would love to hear your opinions and uh insights as well about about, about this this uh, this movie it's available on netflix so you should be able to um access access it pretty um easily all right thank you so much Paulina, for coming to the podcast
0: and sharing so much about poland and your life it was very insightful And yeah, thank you so much. Loved having you here.
1: Thank you, Ana. Thank you for having me.
0: So that's it for today's episode. I really hope that you enjoyed this one as the first episode of the year. I have so much more planned for the year ahead, and I cannot wait for you guys to listen to it. But that's it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope to see you back here next week. Bye, everyone.